We're back. Not safe for cycling with your host, Chris. So we are uh, once again in Provence, though uh, it was definitely not the sunny uh, south of France um, today. Uh, it was quite cold, dreary, and just overall blah uh, for the most part um, on the undulating um, course to Manaska. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Uh, so 100, 175 kilometers on tap. Uh, there was a breakaway of five of uh, assorted riders. Um, they had the beard um, in there. Well, I guess it's the beard and the mullet kind of combined. Um, Jerome Cousin of uh, Total Direct Energy. Um, so they the breakaway uh, got some time on the day. Quick Step was just kind of handling in the peloton. Um, as they had the overnight leader, Davide Ballerini. Uh, the big, I guess the the race kind of woke up when uh, Filippo Conca of Lado Sudal, um, their young rider there, he attacked um, and uh, around 40 kilometers to go. Um, and Conca's actually a pretty, pretty talented rider. Uh, kind of weird that he ended up on Lado Sudal of all teams, um, to be honest, because... This past year, he was fifth um, in the Baby Giro uh, behind, you know, Tom Pidcock. Uh, and, you know, he was fifth the year before that as well, too. It was seventh in uh, Valle di Aosta, um, the super Italian, it was the super Italian, the super hilly it Italian race uh, for under 23s. Uh, so not necessarily a place you would think that an Italian of his talents would end up. Um but they have a couple of, between him and Stefano Oldani, um, they have a couple of young Italians there. In any case, um, so he was on the attack. However, he was brought back um, once the race got right down to it. Uh, his teammate, Florian Vermeersch, um, ended up attacking, and it brought out um, the American Matteo Jorgensen of Movistar. Um, those two work pretty well together. Uh, probably the tallest breakaway you're going to see all year. Um, both are about one, 1 1.9 meters, something like that, or over that. Um, in any case, yeah, they got brought back with about four uh, kilometers to go. Uh, they Jorgensen ended up slotting in. I'll talk about him later. Uh, quick step was really setting it up. Alaphilippe, yeah, one thing I was disappointed was, you know, it was a little bit cold and dreary, so he had on his GABA um, rain jacket on. Um, but it was just this all blacked out jacket. Like, why would you not? If I want a world champion... I want him to look absolutely ridiculous. You know, I want him to look like Mario Cipollini, rainbow everything. Be an Italian world champion. Don't be the. It can only be in a. It can only be a rainbow jersey with black shorts. That's the only thing that's acceptable. No, I want to be able to spot him at any time when he's in a race. Uh, so uh, this is just like a little like what what the hell? And plus, his bike is also not that great either. Uh, for the most part, I know the guys over at GCN were trying to tell them, oh, the bike looks pretty good. Uh, but no, it it doesn't. <laughs> it's probably one of the worst uh, world championship um, bikes. Is it just because of the fact that Quickstep wins so much that they don't spend any time worrying about like what his kit looks like for the world championships? If If, if the team had only won like 12 races, you bet the hell... 
that they would be dressing him up in rainbow everything and milking that for all it's worth. But since Quickstep wins 70 races a year, they don't, they're like, oh, okay, like, yeah, he won the world championships, but do you see this? Yeah, you know, he's won 15 races. It's, you know, Sam Bennett's won 15 races. Philippe's going to win all these races. Like, yeah, we know, we'll, we'll make up for it. Um, in any case, so he was doing the, uh, the strip. He stripped off his Gabba jacket, and he stripped off his long sleeve, and, you know, he's showing his world championship uh, stripes in the in the finale. Uh, he was he was definitely up there. Astana was up towards the front as well, too, and it was Astana because uh, the roads were pretty slick, and it was a slight climb all the way up to the finish in Manask, Manask, Manask. Um, and it was actually the Russian um, Alexander Vlasov who ended up sliding out in one of the corners and Alaphilippe didn't really go down per se, um, but he he kind of rode over Vlasov and he fell over slightly. Um, I wouldn't say it was too bad though. Sometimes it was. It's always those uh, super slow crashes that ended up end up hurting the worst. Um, but in any case, he was out of it for the day. He was kind of I don't know squeezing his hands. A little bit at the end, but I don't think anything um, was too injured. Um, in any case, um, it was yet another lovely showing for the race itself in terms of barriers. Um, after the shit that they went through yesterday uh, with the barriers and the road furniture at the finish just being all over the place. Uh, this time it was a fan who was... Um, Giulio Ciccone launched the sprint, um, and Davide Ballerini um, was right there with him as well, too. Uh, a few wheels back was Jorgensen, who had attacked, um, but Jorgensen uh, was pretty close to the barriers, and he was passing and accelerating, um, but a fan was reaching out over the barriers um, and ended up crashing Jorgensen, um, who went spilling all over the place. He, he was definitely not happy um, after the race itself. Um, simply because, you know, he definitely could have gotten a podium um, out of it, most likely, um, or it would have been close anyways as well, too. But just a shame, you know, this is, what, the third or fourth incident at these early season French races where the barriers end up, you know, dictating a lot of, you know, what's happening in some of these sprints. I haven't even gotten to the end. Uh, Ballerini was able to hold off Ciccone. Um, to take the win, uh, his second stage win in a row and second win of the year in a row for Team Quickstep. Or sorry, Deconic Quickstep um, in any case. Uh, so he has a really distinctive style on the on the bike as well too in terms of like his sprint. You know, he keeps it, he's like very, he, he's not one of these guys that's all over the place with his sprint. He, he keeps it very still, um, doesn't really move around the road too much into straight power. Um, so definitely, it was really, he's really nice to watch, um, in a, in a sprint. Um, and even on the uphill, you know, he held off Chicone, who was, I was a little surprised, you know, it, that Chicone was, you know, really up there in the sprint against some other guys. Um, you know, Lutsenko, I thought would do a little bit better. Uh, he, he was up there right at the front and faded. His teammate, Aranburu was in third, um, yeah, Dylan Toons, 
Patrick Conrad, Moscone, you know, they're all up there. But, yeah, the Chicone, I was a little surprised uh, with the second place. Um, so, in any case, uh, it's definitely a little bit chaotic finish uh, with there. But um, I think in Ballerini's going to be, he's in the leader's jersey right now. However, he's not going to be um, after after tomorrow. They're going up to Chalet Renard, uh, which is Mont Ventoux. Um, essentially. Uh, so in any case, um, it, it should be a fun race um, to watch. Definitely a lot of guys um, that haven't really, they made them, they were pretty quiet um, so far, like uh, Balcom Olima, uh Jack Hag, uh, Aurelien Perret Paint. Uh, there's, a, there's a few guys, Egan Bernal, Ivan Sosa, uh, Wout Poles, Warren Bargui, Harold Tejada, Rudy Millard. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys that could do something tomorrow. Um, so, excited to see uh, what can happen from there. Um, not sure if Vlasov is hurting too much after um, what happened today, but it would be really good um, if, you know, he could bounce back and make it interesting. Uh, but in any case, hopefully there's no random barriers that are just thrown across the road or fa wild fans that just, you know, tackle a rider um, or something like that. Uh, but more, more on that tomorrow. Only other racing happen right now is also down under uh, with uh, the New Zealand nationals um, this week. Uh, the time trial, uh, I guess it was this morning in America. It was, uh, this morning or yesterday, technically, but I guess it was today. I don't know. Whatever. Um, in any case, um, Georgia Williams for Team Bike Exchange, uh, she won uh, the women's time trial. She's had a couple of up and down years, uh, but um, definitely she's really, I mean, super strong rider because it was only a few years ago she was fourth overall in the um, the Bira in the Basque Country um, World Tour race, uh, you know, and she was right behind. Um, she was, uh, her two teammates at the time, Spratt and Van Vluten, were 1-2, and Anna Vandebregen was only a few seconds ahead of her as well. So, I mean, like, she was right up there um, and had a few other, you know, nice results. But it was always, she's always been a little bit inconsistent or, you know, just thrown into a team role. Um, as well too, but you know, hopefully this kickstarts kickstarts off a good year um, for. Um, hopefully she has some more good time trials um, across the board as well. Uh, the men's time trial super close, uh, really close together. Aaron Gate, who has been on fire um, as of late, uh, he's won multiple races. Um, he won the gravel and tar classic in a one-two with his teammate Luke Mudgeway. Um, Team Black spoke. Um, he was third in the New Zealand Classic um, a few weeks ago. Uh, I think he won Tour of the Southland back um, end of last end of 2020 um, as well too. So he's definitely um, been in really great form. He won by one second over Lotto Yumbo's or sorry Yumbo Visma Visma being a small Norwegian software company. Uh, Yumbo Visma's George Bennett, and two seconds over uh, Michael Vink of uh, St. George Continental. Um, 
who has been a, seemingly been around forever, uh, I feel like, or he's always been uh, right there in the national time trial uh, as well, too. Gate is going to be uh, on the Olympic uh, team pursuit squad um, for New Zealand, so he's his form has definitely been up there, and it's really been great to see. Um, Vink, I, I've been following him for, it feels like, a decade at this point. Um, you know, he's been a rider. I always thought should have gotten a shot um, on a bigger team. Uh, he's definitely a, you know, very strong time trial rider. Uh, but, you know, back in the day as an under-23, you know, he had some really strong results. Uh, he was even on um, Trek, at that time, Trek Livestrong, what's now Hoggins Berman Action. Uh, he was on that team for a year. Um, as a under 23 as well, too. Um, probably his biggest result at one point, um, his last year as an under 23. Uh, he was fifth at the Thuringen Rundfart for the under 23s. Uh, really, I remember this race vividly just because of the amount of talent uh, that was in there. So let's go through the top 10 of this race. Dylan Van Barl won the race. Second was Lassie Norman Hansen. Damian House in third. Adam Phelan fourth. Vink fifth, uh, TJ Eisenhart was sixth. Um, so, uh, other names in here: Silvio Herklutz. He was an amazing under twenty-three, kind of fizzled out as a pro. Was eighth. Michael Volgren ninth. Simon Yates tenth. Julian Alaphilippe eleventh. Um, Patrick Conrad was also in the top twenty. Magnus Court, Gregor Mulberger, so the uh, Felix Groschartner was right outside of the top twenty overall. Uh, Lucas Wisniewski. I mean, just the amount of talent in that race was um, amazing. I had just started my blog, uh, so I just remember covering it very closely uh, with that. Um, but, you know, the amount of World Tour talent that are still riding in the World Tour, and I mean, hell, the freaking um, world champion was in that race um, as well, too. So Vink was, you know, he had the talent. He was just... Never quite consistently had the results as an under-23, and then he kind of bounced around with a few different teams um, as well, too. Um, at one point, he was racing as an amateur in France with uh, Sun, uh, Sun Espoir, uh, who actually, they have an American right now, too, Riley Sheehan. Um, his dad, Clark, was also a professional um, as well, too. But, you know, he was with France. He had some good races in France. Um, as well, too, um, but always, you know, did well has, or has done well um, in some of the New Zealand, Australian races. A couple years ago, he had a really breakout year, and if it wasn't for f fucking COVID, you know, I think last year was going to be a big year for him uh, because in 2019, you know, he started getting, like, some really good results. Like, he was... Um, all these are in Asia, basically. That's just where St. George Continental, the team he was, he's been with and is still with. Uh, so he was third overall in a stage race in the Philippines, eighth in Torta Kumano in Japan. Uh, then he was second in the um, Banyawangi Ijen race, pretty classic one. Uh, it's famous for riding up to a volcano. Uh, <laughs> in that race, um, a few few notable like Asian racer or guys on the Asian circuit have won it. Uh, fifth in Taihu Lake and fifth in Fuzhou um, as well too. So just super consistent rider um, that year. And in any case, I 
you know, I hope he definitely gets a chance uh, later on this year just because he, he's had some good results and, you know, just want to want him to, you know, at least get up there into the big time. Uh, but if it, the race wasn't separated by all these classifications, uh, under 23, Finn Fisher Black would have won the race overall. Um, he won the under 23 crown. He's nine seconds faster um, than Gate himself, uh, and he's Bennett's uh, Yumbo Visma. Um, teammate as well too uh, so definitely a great result for uh, Fisher Black um, as well and just you know shows you know how great of a time trialist he is and you know he's probably going to be having a a big year this year with um, Yumbo Visma and most likely will get some chances to race in some professional races again uh, this year he raced Burgos last year copy of Bartoli um, as well too so definitely uh, should be seeing him again as well, too. Only other major piece of news uh, was the cancellation um, of the uh, Melbourne uh, Warnamble uh, Road Race. Uh, one of the oldest races in the world, actually. Uh, I think it's like in its 127th or 120-something edition. Um and it's a super long road race as well, too, um, about 270 kilometers. Um, at one point, it was around 300. Um, then goes along the um, the ocean road uh, between the two cities. Uh, it got canceled because the state of Victoria and Australia went under lockdown again. Uh, so the the rate it was a mandatory five day lockdown for the entire state. So the race has been canceled, probably moving to sometime later on this year. It would have been a shame because they had all these guys coming straight off of, I should say guys and girls, coming straight off of the um, national championships. It was going to be the probably the biggest uh, turnout, or at least in terms of big names, the race has seen in decades. Um, but it's a shame it got canceled. But it just really shows, I mean, how much <laughs> more serious that, you know, the Australians, let alone the New Zealand, um, people are taking COVID than what is going on, what I see in America. I mean, there's still people in America that won't fucking wear masks. Yet, you know, a couple of cases in Australia shuts down an entire state um, just, to, just to stop it. So, I mean, I, I applaud the government there. Can't say enough about it. And, um, you know, they're definitely leading the charge, um, in that regard. Um, but it just, it, it, it frustrates, frustrates me to no end because I just see no end in sight here for America, um, with COVID because I mean, there's fucking guys racing in Florida right now in criteriums and yet, you know, we're, you know, vaccines. I mean, we'll see, but hopefully this summer there's mass vaccinations and, you know, we can see some sort of uh, normality, but, um, Hopefully the rate, hopefully uh, Melbourne, Warnamble, the Warney um, is back um, later on this year. I would love it to be uh, a UCI race um, and, you know, see some of the other Australian races become UCI races just for the fact that uh, get some get some teams to travel down there. Um, and hopefully, you know, the continental scene down there is... Um, getting a little stronger. It was looking a little weak there for a few years after a lot of races kind of disappeared. Um, but it seems to be, you know, coming back. Um, and then hopefully, you know, it, it stays there. 
um, as well, too. So in any case, this weekend, um, I've said it before, Provence has the two stages, um, Classica dell'Amiria um, as well, too. So, yeah, hopefully <laughs> nothing gets uh, canceled um, with that. But, yeah, I'll talk to you soon.